Okay. Is this, mm -hmm. Are you on? Am I on? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to Shelter. Uh, this is a series of conversations about home, place, and refuge, from where we find it and how we choose it, or perhaps how it chooses us, to where it can be lost and what lies at the core of this human need. Building our lives in a society that is more mobile and fluid, this show looks beyond conventional notions of home, revealing how one might find their sense of place in unexpected ways. I'm your host, Erin Sweeney, and I am very honored to be here uh, and to have this be possible through Montez Press Radio, um, to be here with Bel Faleros, who is uh, a Brazilian artist with an architecture degree whose artistic research focuses on land identity. And um, starting with her hometown of Sao Paulo, she has worked to understand how contemporary landscapes, city tissue, and its monuments represent or misrepresent the diverse layers of presence that constitute a place. And since arriving in the US, Bell has worked more closely with the land, creating space for grounding and exploring the stories and symbols that can unite us. So today, um, Bell and I are going to be talking for a couple of hours, and we're going to attempt <laughs> with our, our, uh, our tech, our live radio tech, so <laughs> fingers crossed all works out, but to interweave some music mm -hmm. that Bell um, has brought to the conversation that is of significance to her and related to her, her homeland. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, during our conversation together, in intermixed with that music, we'll be digging into ideas related to identity, displacement, and what it really means to trace different lines towards home in, in different ways. Um, from movement, the physicality of movement and walking, to monuments, um, to music, and thinking about uh, the different things that constitute sort of our lifelines and our sight lines. Mm -hmm. um, we were talking just earlier about how sight lines relate to, to architecture, but also just uh, more maybe metaphorical definitions mm -hmm. um, that we'll get into. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, thinking about those lines that we trace back uh, to, to the places that we arguably call home, um, how do we keep those traces alive? and what is revealed when tracing the line back even farther to arguably the starting point, which Bell describes as their navel, or also um, zero, the mm -hmm. zero point. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, before I say anything else, I, yeah. hello, Bell. Hey, Erin. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, just a little context, the two of us are sitting at a, a table in, in a studio that is on the second floor of a building on Canal Street yeah. in, on the cusp of Chinatown. Yeah. Uh, Hello, Chinatown. <laughs> <laughs> and to, to all of you that are listening, wherever you are, be it in Brazil or, or New York or um, the West Coast or, you know, um, just we're, we're here on this kind of humid not too hot <laughs> day in a, in a little studio. Um, it's a nice place to be tucked away. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, thank you for inviting me. Of uh, course. I've been a listen listener of mm -hmm. Shelter, and I, since the beginning, love the idea, and um, I love the name. Like, there is so much that I feel connected with. Um, 
and I think it will be also like a, a good way to keep like in conversation with you that I feel we have so much to share. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that there are a lot of parallels. Mm -hmm. I mean, in thinking about the context of, of shelter in this podcast, mm -hmm. it is a no-brainer, you know, mm -hmm. and so many of the things that you're investigating and drawn to are really, mm -hmm. you know, powerfully connected to that. Mm -hmm. So um, <laughs> it, it yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, just to say uh, a little bit more mm -hmm. about what you have done in recent years, then we can talk yeah. kind of about your, the early years maybe in Brazil. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, with, with Belle's work, um, she, you know, she's really digging into the, the relationship established with the land when we investigate the stories that each place can tell us mm -hmm. and is imagining all cities, you know, as born from this zero point um, or starting point and kind of like, yeah, go, going back to the idea of the navel and that each place, she describes it as arising from a primordial force that makes a piece of earth become a place, <laughs> which I really love. And um, since her her practice, you know, the, the years of uh, working in Brazil, um, she has performed in invest investigative walks in Sao Paulo, um, and that was part of her first solo show at Caixa mm -hmm. Cultural, and in the, the dry lands of Bahia. 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 Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> While in residency at the Sacatá uh -huh. Institute in 2014. Um, and then looking for ancient trails in the United States led her to work with um, the sacred geography of New Mexico. And that was a, a place where she did a site-specific installation at um, Pecos, Nas Picos. Pecos. Yeah, Pecos National Park in yeah. 2016. And in 2017, more recently, uh, she was working in Detroit on Burnside Farm, which is a space that was... Uh, established and has been continually developed by Kate Dodrell, who's an artist who has um, done a lot of amazing projects related to that space. But Belle um, was there in last year, mm -hmm. and she created a, a navel for the land, yeah. essentially, which we'll talk more about later. And Aaron visited during the process. Yes, of I did. <laughs> I was I was literally, you know, uh, I was there to witness. Bell's like hands in the earth, in the mud, oh. yeah, um, and that was a, a project that lasted a number of months. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, three months. And this year, she has been spending more time in the Southwest, uh, back in Santa Fe at the Santa Fe Art Institute, mm -hmm. uh, part of their Equal Justice Residency, yeah, and working with Tewa Women United. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm coming back next in two weeks. Yeah, you are. Yeah. So I'm catching Belle during a, <laughs> a period in New York, but you are in, you have been moving quite a bit yeah. between these projects, mm -hmm. and um, which is, you know, part of the, the flow, but maybe yeah. coming to spend more time in New York. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes, <laughs> which I'm, of course, happy about. <laughs> um, and, you know, in coming to New York even within the past mm -hmm. few months mm -hmm. when you came and you were participating in Annex B. Yes. Which, when did you arrive to do that? Um, late May um, and the residency start. Uh, I think it was the last week of May until very early in July. So, yeah, yeah within the past yeah. few months. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's a Brazilian initiative in New York yeah. that is um, also something where she's promoting a series of gatherings with fellow Latina artists mm -hmm. or Latin, 
I always put Latina on uh, quotes. In quotes, in yeah. In quotes, because it's Latinx, or it's Latina, or Latinx women, or Latin American. Like, it's just like how to include mm -hmm. our diversity. It's hard to mm -hmm. put it in one word. Right. So it's a challenge yes. <laughs> to find the right word. Yeah, <laughs> especially to describe, yeah, to hone it into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and Annex B is... Um, run and created by Larissa Ferreira, who is an uh, art administrator mm -hmm. and, uh, here in New York. And that's located in Bushwick. In, uh, right now, Bushwick. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that, you know, those gatherings with, with that group of people are also, you know, focused on engaging the city with art, mm -hmm. culture. I'm talking about issues related to immigration and identity, mm -hmm. which we'll talk more about too. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think to you know to start things off maybe to to back up and mm -hmm. talk more about your just your background and yeah. growing up in mm -hmm. Brazil mm -hmm. and where like where were you born where did you grow up I was up? born in São Paulo born and raised <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, I always lived there I never like this is the first time I really like left mm -hmm. for a longer period but I always like find my way to be away for like two months or something. When you would be away, where would you go? Uh, the residencies or mm -hmm. like, um, I, like I came here in 2010 um, and I went to Berlin in 2011, like just trying to experiment other possibilities of life. <laughs> <laughs> because growing up in Brazil, uh, I don't know, the good thing about living was always like to have a new perspective and see other possibilities. I remember, I don't know, there was this strong feeling once when I was a little girl, I don't know how old I was, but I remember feeling very unlucky to be born a woman hmm. in a third world country. I remember having that feeling like, okay, this is, I, I, it, uh, like, it's not good. It will be like a tough journey. Was, you know? was there something that inspired that? Like that mm -hmm. you saw? I, I was trying to think that yesterday. And I think when I was reflecting about today and um, maybe it was just like watching the news. It's like people dying of hunger and mm -hmm. uh I don't know, and even like going to the supermarket with my mother and seeing like, was inflation was crazy and like people, the guy at the supermarket changing the prices of everything, like, a, hmm. like f frenetically changing the price of everything. I, I have this memory and like being at the bank and like a gigantic line waiting for my mom's paycheck. Hmm. Like, I don't know, like, but I think I was a little bit older, was not something like very, very young. Mm -hmm. So I could start feeling the gender differences. Mm -hmm. Anyways, like, yeah. And what did you experience like, in, in recognizing that in terms of the challenges maybe for women mm. that were in Sao Paulo or yeah. something that felt? There is something that uh, it's really good. It's one thing that I really don't miss about it. <laughs> it's like men are always harassing you at the street. Um, like you're walking, people are like 
talking to you, like, and doing, like, all, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know, I feel here I can dress the way I want, like, behave the way I want. It's different. I don't feel, I feel my body is more relaxed mm. somehow. Do you I'm not, like, you know, um, I don't know. You don't have to be as on guard yeah. necessarily. Do you feel like that's changed since now when you go back? Yeah. That period. Uh, yes, I think it's better. Like uh, the feminist mo movement in Brazil, it's getting stronger and stronger. And feminist is not feminism is not a bad word like it used to be. Like uh, I think it's getting better. Yes, mm -hmm. but like we can see here like ev every action there is a reaction mm -hmm. so there is also like a lot of people unhappy that social movements are more intense and mm -hmm. anyways mm -hmm. the push and pull yeah yeah and in in growing up there you came to you were studying architecture mm. and was but how did you come to that place yeah. mm. Yeah, like, it's different than here. Like, in Brazil, when you're 17, you need to figure out what you want to do. Like, a profession. Like, it's not that you have the time of, like, col college. It's different. So you, I need to go to architecture school directly. Mm -hmm. Like, from, you do, like, if you want to go to a public college, you need to do, like, this very difficult test into getting and. It's a big commitment, like, you need to decide and, like, invest time studying to get in. So I just remember, I don't know, I come from a middle-class family, and I don't remember, like, having, I don't know, an artist. I have a, a, a cousin who is a singer, but she also did architecture school, which mm -hmm. is kind of funny. Uh, uh, but I don't remember, like, oh, uh, being an artist is a profession. Mm -hmm. Or like it's it's um. Anyways, you can pay your bills with that. Right. So I still don't know how to do it, guys, but <laughs> we figured out yeah. as we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was something that felt like it was in that realm, but yeah. maybe the more practical yeah. version of that. Yeah. Right. Close enough, and you can say that, and people understand what you do. Mm -hmm. Because here, I feel, is different. Like you say, I'm an artist, and people don't ask too many questions mm -hmm. after that, and. I remember, I, I don't know, I still need to answer a lot of questions back home, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's getting better, but um, I think, anyways, that all of that to say, like, I felt architecture was close enough to my interests, like, I always liked math and stuff and uh, drawing, and that's why I chose. Did you also think about the way, I mean, in the way that you were drawn to spaces or, mm. or perceived the the city, hmm. did that, was that something that came in later? Yeah, um, it's hard because you need to decide when you're like teenage. I remember it was like, it's a difficult, like you're 16 to 17 and you need to start thinking about that. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I was very interested like in geography and like, I. In, like I like the projects in school that were related to space mm -hmm. in so high those, school. Yeah. Those threads were there. Yes. But 
Just, yeah, <laughs> the beginning, you're kind of making, that's a hard decision to yeah. make yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, but then there's also something to be said for following that instinct because, yeah. I mean, it yeah. seems like in, in following the mm. development of your work. That yeah. Yeah, and I think I was lucky because I could get in in the school. Like, I did private high school, which mm-hmm. was very lucky. Like, my grandfather helped us. And um, I, I studied and I got into public architecture school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a school inspired in the Bauhaus. So mm. it was more art-oriented somehow than, like, super... There was not, like, an engineer... Mm-hmm feeling there mm-hmm. it was much more like think about space and there was a lot of like collective thought and inspiring projects that we could be very utopian mm-hmm. and more maybe like crossover yeah yeah right so it was there hmm. um and and you went to school architecture school in sao paulo yes and mm-hmm. and then at a certain point like i was reading about the the collective that you were mm-hmm. a part of, yeah, and that did that develop with people that you had connected with during that time, mm-hmm. or how did that come to be? Yeah, um, it's in in architecture school. I joined the student union. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? Yeah, yeah, and we start doing activities, and I think somehow like the idea of working together was there somehow, and even like. My graduation thesis is the only thing in school that was very individual, but uh, me and a group of friends, we tried to make it a more collective Mm -hmm. experience. Um, And from like um, two of the people of Aurora, Ponto Aurora, my art space in Sao Paulo, Mm -hmm. were from my architecture school. What does that mean? Ponto Aurora. Uh-huh. So Ponto is point. Yes. Uh, and Aurora was the name of the street, but it's also, I think it's like the rising uh, mm-hmm. sun, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we like the name of the street. And it's a street in Sao Paulo that is very, people have a bad image of it because it's like, was the prostitution street. Mm-hmm. And it still is a little bit, but I thought it was so funny that people were afraid to go there. Mm-hmm. There was this rawness, but then also yeah. this name that yeah. emulates yeah. Kind of the most, yeah. the most beautiful, <laughs> pure, yeah. yeah. And we had the, the point is before the n- name as like a starting point, like ah, anyways, mm. yeah. which is interesting too. And in thinking about I mean, a lot of the work, kind of trying to get back mm-hmm. to retrace the steps back to the beginning yeah. of a place. Yeah, huh. I never thought about that. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I feel like when I go back, you know, I look at things that I did many years ago, and I'm just like, at first I'll be like, oh, God, that was awful. And yeah. then, you know, you see, uh, I feel like I'll discover these threads yeah. that I'm just like, wow, okay. This has been going on for much longer than I realized. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> so the then the, there was a project that came about, but I wasn't ah. sure mm-hmm. that somewhere between the land and the home. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about yeah. that project? Uh, uh, um, so the, um, this was a residency project that they, we did in a very interesting um, public um, cultural center. Mm-hmm. 
in Sao Paulo, in this neighborhood that is like an um, immigrant neighborhood um, called Bom Retiro, the name of the institution is uh, Oswald de Andrade, Oficina Cultural Oswald de Andrade. So the project was um, five artists, female, but we, ne we didn't start thinking like we are a group of women artists. Mm -hmm. We just started like something together. And uh, they offered us this little historical house at the backyard of the institution um, to be our studio. Mm. And just these simple elements, like four walls, a roof, uh, four women together, w was powerful enough to really be a, like a turning point in our careers, like mm. all of us. Uh, were you living in the house as well, or were you just no. you were using it as like a working space yeah. collectively? Yes. Okay. And sometimes we would stay the whole day like quiet, mm -hmm. everyone doing whatever they want to do, and some days we would do like be doing the same things and talking a lot or like was just like giving time and space to be together, work together, support each other, and just follow our guts like and get cra we call it ourselves the crazy like locus which is like <laughs> we have a whatsapp group still <laughs> like anytime any of us is like kind of like in a crisis or like or want to share a thought or saw something inspiring we we go to locus and we yeah when if you need like a sounding board or you're just yeah. you're throwing an idea out there yeah and, yeah. and it was powerful, like to find, like this mirror, in the other, and mm -hmm. um, and grow, like, because again, as a woman in the art scene, it's it's tricky. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, you don't realize, but if you like look at the numbers, the number of artists that female artists that we have, and the number of female artists in galleries or in shows, it's right. like crazy. Right. And also yeah. in like in terms of the the art scene that mm -hmm. was happening in Brazil at that yeah. time, what what was that like and if you were mm, uh, well it it was interesting like um, because I feel like we decided to open Aurora because it was something urgent inside of us. Not we were not we were like beginning to do our artist career, each one of us. Mm -hmm. And um, and you all came, did you know each other before that? Not everyone. Okay. So one of them I met here in New York in 2010. Uh, it's an Italian artist. Uh, what were you doing here in 2010? Trying to figure out, <laughs> <laughs> like trying to tell myself I was not an architect. Mm -hmm. and I. I can't be an artist. Like, mm. I came... Actually, it's a funny story. Uh, I was in Brazil, and it sucks sometimes that we don't have a lot of, like... It's getting much better, but we don't have a lot of great shows that we have here. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I had the chance to see Mara Clark at mm -hmm. MAM, uh, which is the Museum of Art, Modern Art in Sao Paulo. Mm -hmm. And... I already liked his work, but uh, what and I this was... Is, this is Gordon Mata-Clark. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
It's like referring to yeah. an old friend, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon, you know. <laughs> yes. I, what I was totally, what blew my mind mm -hmm. was food. His uh, art project, art space here, not far from us. Yeah, very uh, close to here, yeah. actually. And um, I was like, okay, this is what I've been willing to do. I, I don't know, like there was something there and I was like, I need to go to New York because I also felt like, like Sao Paulo, New York is like new world city, like made out of like a mix of a lot mm -hmm. of diversity. And um, so that's why I was like, okay, I'm buying a ticket. And mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm going to that place yeah, where I'm that happened. I'm like, just using my savings and going and yeah. uh, anyways all of that to say this was the first like inspiration for our daughter for me mm -hmm. and I met Francesco here in New York and yeah I then I wrote to all my friends that I felt they were open for this idea and um, yeah this is how it started and yeah. just to, to say a few more words about yeah. that project, the food project, yeah. it was really, I mean, I think mm -hmm. if, if I'm, I'm projecting, but yeah. the thing that seemed really revolutionary, uh, revolutionary about it was it was in this space where it was very much about the collective experience and yeah. it was focused on the notion of sharing meals and serving meals and yeah. creating this space that was an operating kind of cafe, yeah. but it was so much more revolutionary than that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it then had all of, and at the same time, I mean, Matt Clark was doing some really interesting work in terms of like the architecture yeah. of buildings yeah. and doing large scale kind yeah. of, um, I don't know, site specific yeah. interventions. And, yeah. but he was also like, that's one thing I've always also been, um, I think inspired by mm -hmm. is, you know, knowing that you can have those things operating at the same time, yeah. you know, in terms of the way we define ourselves. Yeah, and one nurture the other, right? Right, yeah. yeah. I, like, for me, it's hard just to be inside the studio mm -hmm. and, and think this is the only way mm -hmm. of making things. Right. <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, I think for someone like you that engages so much with place and mm -hmm. with the identity of the place and mm -hmm. the actual, like, characteristics of the land, yeah. then... Mm -hmm. to be in a I <laughs> say I was visiting Belle at her studio <laughs> recently and it's uh, you know it is like a cave like womb um, <laughs> in a studio building in Bushwick and it's wonderful mm -hmm. I mean in that it's the type of place you can you, know, you can tuck away mm -hmm. and really just like think and yeah you don't necessarily know what the weather is outside yeah. um, no idea but maybe it's also that like that you need both of those mm -hmm. things exactly yeah yeah hmm. yeah and at that that point I was much more like I want to like go to the open space also because I don't know somehow my house I, I never lived right next to a subway station mm -hmm. uh, just my very last uh, apartment before coming here and I always felt a little bit um, out in the city somehow mm. um, like you had to travel more to get to to get to public transportation. Yeah. So then you had more of that, maybe more of that experience of... I wanted, like, I wanted the city mm. because I, I, w I grew up, like, in my parents' house were, like, in this neighborhood that it's kind of... Okay. Outside. Uh, yeah, like, far from <laughs> urban life. Like yeah. Exciting. But now I value that. 
Mm-hmm. It's anyway. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And in the in the house project. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> we we will we will wander and we will yeah. come back around. Yeah. But the house project. I was trying the. Mm-hmm. How do you pronounce? It's like the little house in Portuguese. Casinha. Casinha. Yeah. Yeah. I always want to translate things to Spanish. I yeah. want to say casita, but casita. that is not. We can do it. <laughs> we are all hermanas. We are multi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somos todos hermanas. <laughs> Todo. Uh, no, Todo it, casita. Yeah. It's the name that people called it. Okay. In the institution, and we loved that. <laughs> yeah. And so just being able to, at the end of that time together, to have kind mm-hmm. of the the residual, like I've seen some of the images, it was yeah. like the residual effects yeah. of actions that you had made. Yeah. Yeah, but very mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. There was something like, so then at the end of the project, they invited us to do like a show. Mm-hmm. And we decided to do a installation taking over the front room of the institution, but not doing like a show with like, this is Bell's work, this is like Renata's Flavia, Laura Alessandra was we decided to do like totally collective mm. like there is no eldership the, like the eldership is all of us right and this was we were not thinking much we were just like on the flow of doing it making it uh, but this was confusing to a lot of people like they wanted to know like who made this who made that mm. like there was something and I think that's when I felt how powerful it was to be with them. And some coming back to my feeling about feeling unlucky of being a woman and, and, and being Brazilian, I felt lucky to be a woman and to like openness and shareness and gener- generosity, like inclusiveness is a value that we care mm-hmm. as women. and. Of course, there is a lot of men that are all of that too, but um, that comes with us, like, I don't know. Yeah, but this is also, it's specific to your experience Mm -hmm. as, you know, as subjectivity as a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, Exactly. Yeah, so it's it's part of what you are are really navigating Mm -hmm. and, yeah, in that place. Yeah. Yeah, And, and as I said, like, after that, I started to do big, bigger works, mm-hmm. uh, and like two of them started to work in collaboration and also doing like bigger scale and more like immersive and using the body, mm-hmm. like change, like big changes. <laughs> mm. So it was this turning point for the whole mm-hmm. group. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I mean, I, I think that there's, you know, there there is the want to, I've also found, you know, generally speaking, to want to try to, mm-hmm. to um, still, like, classify things mm-hmm. or in terms of authorship yeah. and how, you know, and seeing someone's work or, or identifying them as a certain kind of artist yeah. or, and so I think that, yeah, that does, that does challenge, you know, a lot of people's notions of, of where where something like starts and ends, mm-hmm. you know wh- who it belongs to, yeah. um, how how it should be viewed even. Yeah. Like I think when you're creating that sort of work, it's like the whole 
you know, the whole structure is, is a work. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, allowing, allowing yourself to, like, I think that that's something that's also, you know, really powerful to, to show viewers or people that are willing to be open to that mm-hmm. is, you know, that it's, it is immersive and mm-hmm. on many different levels. It's not just about like house installations. Yeah. Yeah. Like things that, yeah. Yeah. Were. Yeah. And there was places. some, yeah. There was something that was also really cool about this experience. They invited us also to be teaching classes. Mm. And we decided not to teach, like each one teaching what they are best at. So we would teach everything together. And uh, how did you do that? Was just like as if you're part of like everybody was part like everybody was in the same mm-hmm. position somehow. Mm-hmm. Like we were all sharing how do we work and what do we need to start working? Uh, what do you need to have around you to make a drawing? Mm-hmm. Like. And I don't know, I think it also was important to reinforce things that I felt it needs to be around me on my studio, but I was a shy sometimes, and, but with them, like talking about at the drawing class, we would say, oh, I need this object to be next to me when I'm drawing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like was the whole experience that changed mm-hmm. everything. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like it uh, potentialized things that were more silent inside of mm-hmm. us. And knowing, what, having that support that it was, I, th- I think maybe acknowledging that all of those approaches were okay. Yeah. Yeah. And giving that to the students was right. really nice to see it. Yeah. Too. I mean, that would be amazing. Just to, to Im- <laughs> imagining being one of the students and being like surrounded by all of these, you know, the powerful women that were sort of moving in this kind of, yeah, this amazing cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. They were part of the experiment. <laughs> <laughs> it is all an experiment. It's all, all an experiment. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think this, it might be a good time for us to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, at the beginning it had mentioned the interweaving of music mm-hmm. into this. And so yeah. thinking about, um, the music that has also, I think, been a companion for mm-hmm. you and is indicative maybe of that, as I think, a similar, arguably, kind of energy. Yeah. Um, so would you want to introduce the, yes. the artist we're talking about? Yes. Thank you so much. Like, I was like, Erin, uh, do you play music <laughs> on the show? <laughs> um, thank you for, like, taking my suggestion. So today I'm very happy we are going to play Luigi Luna, which is um, musician, singer, and composer from Salvador, Bahia, and this beautiful land in Brazil. And um, I don't know, since I arrived here, um, I've been needing music more than Mm -hmm. I used to. (laughs) And somehow, like, as I was telling you, like art was not um, something that was very clear in my la- my childhood, but music was always present. Mm-hmm. And I think being away from Brazil for a longer period now, I feel like I always knew it, but uh, we are very, very musical people. And I f- feel like 
somehow music uh, music is home mm-hmm. for me and uh, more than that like her music I don't know do you want me to talk a little bit about the album or, or maybe just, just a few words to introduce this song yeah and then we can it will come yeah. back uh-huh. yeah we'll talk more about yeah. it yeah so she composed this album when she moved from Salvador to Sao Paulo and the album is called Un Corpo no Mundo, which means a body in the world, and it's talking about this transition. Agora 
Há perigo nas esquinas E eu falo mais de três línguas E a palavra amor, cadê? So that was Un Corpo No Mundo. Good job. <laughs> Practicing my Portuguese. <laughs> and um, it is the title track of, of this album that we'll be playing uh, a few different songs from during the course of our conversation. But I think um, it's, a, it's a, beautiful, a beautiful way to kind of set the tone. Um, and we were just talking like, during the break also about Luigi Luna. Luigi Luna. Yeah. Luigi Luna. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, and there's a, a video, uh, if you have a chance, it's yeah. on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And it's really um, her just navigating a lot of downtown Sao Paulo. Yeah. And you were mentioning yeah. th that brings a lot to yeah. back for you. Yeah, she's like walking around the streets right next to Aurora. And then she's like walking around my first... Uh, home when I left my parents' house. She's like, yeah, she's all over mm -hmm. the city and the downtown area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's also wearing a really amazing outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please don't style. fall in love with her. She's mine. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Um, yeah. yeah. She's taken. <laughs> <laughs> and also this 
walking through the city, um, you know, it's a an interesting link to the work. I think for Belle and I, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of things that we've done that have been in the tradition of walking as mm-hmm. an artistic practice, yeah. and thinking about this notion of the derive, mm-hmm. which is uh, something that was, I don't know, you could, I don't know if you could say invented because people mm-hmm. have been walking. Yeah. S- for all of time, but yeah. it was during the 19, I think it was in the 1920s, when there there were the Dadaists that were in Paris, yeah. and then you know later came to be known as the Situationists that were really focused on trying to do these derives, which means to drift. Yeah, and you know I always understood them as sort of being a, a type of walking where you're just meant to rediscover a place without having a set. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a set intention in terms of, of the location that you would visit. It was more of just kind of allowing yourself to be present and to respond. Uh, psychogeography um, was another element of that, where you just are, um, you know, you're you're trying to to I think resist. It was also during that time it became a, a political movement um, where they were really trying to resist mm-hmm. a lot of the, you know the rise of industry and technology mm-hmm. and feeling like that was that was having some you know some bad effects yeah. and culturally which i think you know there there are things that i've considered and, and written about in recent years that i think are still very apt today yeah. to what's going on mm-hmm. um, so i mean that's something that for you really started mm-hmm. in sao paulo yeah yeah Actually, it's kind of funny. I think it started in my childhood uh, at my father's hometown, mm. which is like this small 20,000 people city, and I was trying to get lost. But the city is so small that I could always find myself. And how old were you at that time when you started doing I think that? I was like seven, maybe. Wow. Yeah. And you're like, I'm just going to go. <laughs> because I could, like, be alone. Like, I could do, like, it was different than Sao Paulo. I was free to be on the streets by myself. Right. Which was something very new for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I really wanted to get lost and was impossible. Because just for you to have an idea there, like, this, there is one park. Mm-hmm. And it's called The Park. <laughs> there is one church and it's called The Church. The Avenue. Like, everything is not... There is no plural, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and I think from this was my first experience. And then I remember for my graduation project in architecture school and for my first solo show, I did, like, these long walks in Sao Paulo. Um, very, like, exhausting, uh, body-intensive. Trying to find that in an impossible city mm-hmm. like, like I don't know if everyone is familiar with Sao Paulo but it's like uh, like the greater Sao Paulo is 20 million people and um, it's very spread so it's kind of like LA meets New York mm-hmm. um, and yeah. the idea of kind of it seemed like you also were trying to retrace maybe some of the the earlier mm. eras of the city or maybe like where certain kind of routes had been that had been since covered up mm. by the development of the city? So one thing, during the process of my solo show, uh, 
I found out that um, the place that was called Marco Zero, which is like the kind of like the ground zero, the zero or ground zero, no, because here has a different, uh, mm -hmm. but it's like, I don't know, the zero of the city, there is like a monument for that and all the ro uh, roads, this is the zero for all the roads that we have. So, mm -hmm. uh, anyways, like I found out that this was this place during crazy times when Sao Paulo went from like a tiny village to a big city, mm -hmm. and this was condensated in like I don't know, seventy years. Mm -hmm. Like was this, like the data was like it, I think was the same kind of explosion, the of same moment growth. of history. Yeah, mm. and like all the colonial buildings were demolished, and like things were, anyways, vanished. Why did it? happened so quickly? What was happening during that time? So what happened, um, so Sao Paulo was never a big city because it was not a port, it was mm -hmm. not on the coast, but um, when they find their way with the help of in, uh, in the indigenous people that live there too, because there is this gigantic mountain to come from the ocean to Sao Paulo because Sao Paulo is higher mm -hmm. and it's very close to the ocean but super high compared to, anyways. Uh, when this transition was easier and there was more, they were making, start making, they start con conquering the West, like here, uh, using the, the indigenous roads. Mm -hmm. And who was coming in at that time? Um, Portuguese, uh, but at this, this point, I'm not sure. Yeah, it was already transitioning to a more like how to establish like Brazilian agriculture and mm -hmm. like they started doing after like extracting gold and stuff they were like let's plant coffee mm -hmm. and let's like they start to make money out of that and mm -hmm. and then industrialism was like the boom the final boom when the city was already like rich okay I don't know if I could yeah, I mean, well, well, that's also, that's a lot <laughs> that I just asked. I'm like, so, how, <laughs> tell me about the development. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but that yeah. was good. I mean, that provides, Yeah. it's just, you know, provides a little bit more context yeah. of, of what was happening there yeah. and what drew people there. And yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, but yeah, even if you go to the numbers, like, to see the population in Sao Paulo, you can see that, hmm. the statistics from 1820s to... 1970s mm -hmm. is crazy. Mm. Like from, I don't know, like maybe 70,000 or a little bit more to 3 million. Mm -hmm. Mm. And the current population there, I was looking at that. What is it? It's, it's 12, like 12 the, the city itself, but the greater Sao Paulo is 20. 20 yeah. Anyways, it's still growing. So your yeah. experience of, of then starting in this, yeah. in this smaller... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I told Erin sometimes I just go too far. <laughs> we'll just yeah. bring it back yeah. around. But it's kind of I like I like considering <laughs> these conversations as being almost like the same the same kind of experiences as going on one of these, you know, yeah. like going on one of these derives. Yeah. Where you just sort of allow yourself to be pulled where you need to be. Yeah. And maybe occasionally <laughs> coming back around. Rescue. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> That show at Kaisha, I 
when I was researching about this displacement, I was in, going to the city archive and looking at the photos and I was like, okay, what was here? What else was displaced or like vanished? And I found out about these ancient roads that I, I told you that would come from the ocean to um, the, like the west and mm -hmm. the countryside. And, um, and also there was like one very important big road that connects other countries in South, South America or maybe people say it's even bigger, mm -hmm. like the Americas. Mm. Um, that is called Peabiru. It's like this famous route mm. that go to Peru and anyways, a branch of this road would cross there too. But it's hard, like in Brazil, sometimes it's hard to get information. Like I feel here you have more mm -hmm. studies and information, but I was, because I'm an artist, I'm lucky enough that I don't need to have like a super like precise information to keep doing my research and work. So I just kept like investigating and I found out like this crossing point was right in front the place I was doing my show. Ah, which is like in the very core of downtown. Right. In this like little uh, no that you don't feel it now because of all the buildings, but it's where this, the indigenous, it's a sacred mountains to indigenous people. Like it, I recently found out this mountain, it was it on their uh, language. It's called like the eyes of the earth mm. and Anyways, like every time I, I try to find more information, I get a little bit more, and I, yeah. And why, then, yeah. Why was it called the eyes of the earth? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Some beautiful, mysterious yeah. poetry. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. one thing that, I don't know if I'm doing a big jump here, but I started to look for other examples of the same thing across cultures. Like, and it's recurrent like the navel it's not something that comes from me it's like there is so many cultures that call the center the navel mm -hmm. and uh there's a lot of cultures that the mountain is the navel mm -hmm. and or the a tree is the thing like i feel it's all like us looking for like center mm -hmm. and where from where did we came or mm -hmm. where those things and it's as uh, as and just like and Sao Paulo is a city that is hard to find where you come from, mm. you know? It's like... Because of the way it is sprawling and also because of, I mean, it's also a very diverse city. Yes, and I feel like a lot of cultures, there is something that I think related to a lot of other places in the world. Like there is something about our ancestrality that is violated there. like. You j like you just don't have those people that were there and construct the city mm -hmm. on the history books. So how to honor that or how to see where you come from mm -hmm. because I can track a little bit of my family background but not much, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, anyways, so I always felt like the lack of, there was something missing. <laughs> what did you find when you were doing that research related to your own family? Were there things that surprised you about maybe the the way they had migrated? <coughs> or was it more about the collective experience that you were drawn to? 
There was one thing. Uh, I knew like my great grandfather. He was a Belgian immigrant. Mm -hmm. um, very sad story. Like half of his brothers killed themselves in Brazil. Mm. Crazy. Uh, but uh, they lived in like this area that used to be a w another village. And now it's part of the city. So when I was walking going north, I crossed their neighborhood hmm. that used to be separated. Uh, and I went to this, uh, there was a, what is the name? a cemetery that he was supposed to be there and I couldn't find him. Hmm. And after that, my grandma told me like, he was so poor that he don't have money. So they didn't put his name. He was tucked in someone. Anyways, so like he's some he is there. He's there. <laughs> yeah. So it's more about the yeah general place. Yeah. Then huh, that's interesting. But anyways, this is just a yeah small thing. But there was not one funny thing. Being the U.S., I did the twenty three and Me test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My brother did it. He sent me the results. So yeah. I meant, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Jeff made me do it. Uh, my partner. And um, yeah, I found out I have uh, indigenous blood that I never, like I, I had an idea that it, we might have some, but mm -hmm. you, because everybody have a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I, and also find out like I'm a very Italian and nobody in my family knows like, no one that is Italian, which hmm. is crazy. Yeah. Anyways, not related to the walks. But Sorry. But it is, uh, I mean, it is in that it's tr also tracing back, you know, it's going back to mm -hmm. the idea of yeah. like tracing the threads and, mm -hmm. and you're traveling through physical space mm -hmm. and then crossing paths with, you yeah. know, your own family history mm -hmm. in that journey. But then also it's like, looking back in that way, which I think is, you know, there's a lot of interesting conversations about like how that, the, that, how helpful or potentially like at times harmful it can be to, you know, look back on your family history and now you can, mm -hmm. you can sort of unlock secrets that mm -hmm. before were only, you know, passed down through yeah. like maybe oral history or, yeah. um, but I think that that is all together mm -hmm. yeah that sort of curiosity mm -hmm. and looking back mm -hmm. um, but in I think in terms of just the experience too of of traveling through space that way um, I've found and I don't know you can tell me if, if you agree but that you I've encountered like a lot of there's there's like these punctuations of kind of activity in space and uh, but there's also like a lot of lonely places mm -hmm. that that I moved through. Like when I would do long walks in Detroit. Yeah. Not. I mean, I think it's the city's changing so much that it's probably not as much that way now. Mm -hmm. But it would have like these little kind of pockets of activity, and then it would just kind of be these stretches, like these lonely stretches that I found to be. I found both to be really interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, to allow yourself to to navigate through that space, like as a soul mm -hmm. a soul body in the world like the song is yeah. kind of talking about <laughs> yeah um, but in that walk in the process did you how did you like how did you approach how what you were wearing mm. you know in the performative aspect of it or yeah. did, did you address that yeah it, uh, I decided to wear uh, 
I don't know if jumpsuit is the right word. This mm. uniform as a worker. Like a, someone that would be like a construction worker? Yeah, like a, gr a, a gray one-piece mm -hmm. uniform. Mm -hmm. um, and a, like uniform shoe. Um, there was something there be about being a woman. I wanted to try to um, like be a little bit less of a woman if that's possible. <laughs> Uh, like I was trying to be a little bit invisible, mm -hmm. um, but even yeah, even with that, uh, no. <laughs> um, yes. So this, I don't know. There was something of of like I'm starting now, and I would start every day like six a.m. Mm -hmm. and would stop when I'm like passing out. <laughs> <laughs> this could be like nine hours of walking nonstop. Um, but um, and then how would you at the end, mm -hmm. the ending point for yeah. that day? Then how would you travel back? I or would walk and try to find a bus mm -hmm. and come back in the bus with a beer <laughs> in my hand <laughs> because we can do that in Brazil. <laughs> Well earned. Yeah. A well earned. A well earned. Hopefully, beer. ice cold. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, uh, and but it was not in a. You wouldn't necessarily be traveling you, with something that was helping you to navigate. I what? had like this GP, the phone with the GPS. Mm -hmm. um, so if I was totally lost, I would use it. Um, and I was trying to go north or south. I was following the cardinal directions. Mm -hmm. So I, I used that to see where. I, I tried to use the compass, but I, I found out it was kind of easier to do with mm -hmm. this phone. Um, yeah. The, I feel like the compass is more romantic, but yeah. the phone is more. <laughs> it's hard to make the compass like totally horizontal mm -hmm. and make it mm. flat enough to. When you're walking, you just need something that adapts for you, like you're moving. Right. Yeah. And did you have, what was the response when you were talking to people about doing the project in terms of your safety or? Mm. I, I kind of did it secretly. Mm. Like I was not sharing with people. Like if, if I had something happen to me, nobody would know mm. because I, I didn't tell like, I am leaving to to the walk, you know. Um, yeah, I did it by myself, and yeah. it's different now. I I feel like I have enough time away from it that I can look back and like, oh, this is also my work. But then I used to use call it as a tool, like it was just a tool for something to come out of that, like a tool for gathering. Yeah. Yeah. Can relate to that. And a tool for like understanding the city, but uh, now I, I feel different. Like there is, uh, because at the beginning I did walks, and then I started doing collages out of walks in architecture school. Mm -hmm. But, anyways, and and at this show I did big big paintings with drawings that was also like to the cardinal directions mm -hmm. inside the, the building. So it was kind of like a curtain mm -hmm. to the directions, uh, to the walks. 
did you, and that's something that would also, I feel like in later works that mm -hmm. you would integrate in different ways mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that show and doing that, that also seems like maybe that was a, another kind of, you know, a vital mm -hmm. moment mm -hmm. in making that kind of private experience more public. Yes. Right. It, and it was hard to. But I, did, I just decided to share all the process. So I had a map with the walks and the objects I collected and photos that were not like, it was hard to understand where that thing were, what was happening. But for me, it was an important moment of the city. Like Sao Paulo was about to host the World Cup. Mm -hmm. um, Brazil was getting hipster. Like people were talking about Brazil. So that little girl that felt unlucky was very uncomfortable. Like, what are those people doing here? Like, <laughs> there was, it was, uh, and out, out Autumn also was always like, and we started having like political, like crazy times, it was all like at the same time. Um, and when you, when the collective was established, because that yeah. was different yeah. than, I think before I thought the, the experience you'd had in the residency with the group of women, that yeah. was something that was separate from the collective. Yes, too. So yeah. in that period of time between when that happened, mm -hmm. you know, when you had the residency and then developed this space on mm -hmm. Aurora. Uh -huh. How did you, did it come about because of a uh, certain kind of, what was happening in the city at that time, or was it something that just organically came together? Yeah, I feel maybe a little bit of both. Mm. Um, but we were very aware that the city was like, the day, I don't remember if it was the day we opened, was one day of a big like uh, public demonstration against like the rise of the public transport uh, fee, fare, I don't know. Like the fee to the ride ticket, the, yeah. ah, because before it was. A little bit cheaper, okay. uh, not a little bit like cheap, substantially cheap, cheaper and mm -hmm. these demonstrations got bigger and bigger and bigger. And we thought we were like witnessing a moment of like awaken, mm -hmm. but in the middle of the process, there was a transition to total something that was totally the opposite. Like, and this resulted in taking Dilma, our women elected president, mm -hmm. out of office. So it was like a crazy, crazy times and. Being in Aurora, we had this big window, kind of like here a little bit, but bigger, mm -hmm. to the streets. Mm -hmm. So we always tried to make uh, programs that would be uh, dialoguing with the, what was happening outside or doing installations outside that you could see from the window or doing performances outside. Like more, there more permeable space. Yes. That yeah. Rather than a kind of closed off white box. Exactly. Kind of space. Yeah, because right. it's so sterile. Mm -hmm. Like, mm. and interesting with what was happening at that period of time, mm -hmm. how that maybe is parallel or mimics some of the things that have happened here recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and kind of that. Yeah. Kind of feeling that momentum of of something that you think is on the cusp, and then having that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Feel like it's being 
stolen away from you. Yeah. Which I feel like a lot of people, yeah, feel like having the rug kind yeah. of pulled out. Yeah. Hmm. So we are all the same <laughs> continent. <laughs> well, and in the process yeah. of, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cue this up because we're gonna play another song, but we'll talk about this more like after the after the break. But I just think, yeah, in in the process of living and working in a number of different cities and really focusing your work on being in these physical spaces that there's um, there's something about that that is both distinguishing in terms of showing how places can be so different but really I think more than that that mm -hmm. it's we are all you know we're dealing with the same core yeah yeah the same core issues yeah mm. we have a shared history yeah um, and the idea of how to find like our center and mm -hmm. retracing those steps, I think is also, you know, that's, people want that, I think, wherever, mm -hmm. wherever they are rooted in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, to lead into the, the next song, um, do you want to say a little bit about this next this one? Yeah. This song is called Banho de Folhas, which means like, Direct translation would be like a, a leaf bath, uh, but it's more like when you have like this herbal cleaning bath, mm -hmm. um, which is something that it's in Bahia, it's very strong, but not just in Bahia, but she's, anyways, the, the, the video is also about that. Somehow she's looking for those leaves. And that's a type of uh, protection or, or a protective um, it's not a spell no, but uh yeah yeah um, more than just a more than just aromatherapy oh yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> like cleaning all this shit mm -hmm. <laughs> sorry <laughs> I forgot that we can uh, I think that's okay okay <laughs> cleaning stuff <laughs> out of you and uh, also like it depends on which leaves you're using. Okay. You can even be related to love, you know. More on that after the break. Cadê você? Cadê você? A cidade é grande, as pessoas muitas E eu por aí, sem te encontrar Vou pedir a Oxalá Oxalá quem guia Oxalá quem te mandou Tanta volta pra nenhuma resposta Tanta volta pra nenhuma resposta, 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 nenhuma resposta, mas um punhado de folhas sagradas. 
pra me curar, pra me afastar de todo mal. Oh, oh, oh. Para a bete branca, aça peixe, abre caminho, patuli. Para a bete branca, aça peixe, abre caminho, patuli. Saí pra te procurar Andei a cidade inteira Mas cadê você, cadê você? A cidade é grande, as pessoas muitas E eu por aí, sem te encontrar Vou pedir a Oxalá Oxalá quem guia, epa babá Oxalá quem te mandou Tanta volta pra nenhuma resposta 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 Nenhuma resposta Mas um punhado de folhas sagradas Pra me curar, pra me afastar de todo mal. Para raio, bete branca, aça peixe, abre caminho, patuí. Para raio, bete branca, aça peixe, abre caminho, patuí. Para raio, para raio, para afastar um.
so we are back. Hi. And after that tune, which hopefully had you shaking a little bit, <laughs> my shoulders, uh, and realized, as we do when we catch up on each of these breaks, <laughs> things, we also wanted to talk about um, as we wander. But, um, you know, we were talking about the derive and the tradition of, of walking um, as artistic practice, and it is important, I think, to note the way that Belle and I met, uh, <laughs> which was very unique in that it was, um, we met in silence, mm -hmm. intentionally. I was actually doing a, a long walk. Um, every year I do a, a sort of a dawn till dusk walk on Good Friday, and it was something that had started in Detroit um, a number of years ago now, and for the past few years, I've been doing it in different sites in New York, and I was walking the length of Broadway um, in Manhattan, starting at the southern tip at Bowling Green and going up to Inwood Park, which is the northern kind of tip just before you cross over into the Bronx. And um, towards, it was it, the latter part of that walk, um, Belle mm -hmm. and our friend Kate Dodrill mm -hmm. mm -hmm. were, um, were there. We met at the Cloisters, uh, which is part of the Met, and there's this, it's this beautiful site on top of a hill overlooking the river, and I was in a more performative kind of dress this, this year, which I think in, also in line with what you were mentioning about, mm -hmm. and we can talk more about that kind of fluctuation between wanting to be more anonymous mm -hmm. in doing these actions, and then doing something that is um, more engaging, I think, with the public. But I, I was sort of wearing this knotted fabric that I had been knotting while I was working, and my face was sort of painted. Uh, my skin was just to, to create, I, would, I don't know, it's always an experiment, but mm -hmm. just to create more of a, a sense of uh, taking time and slowness, I, I thought. But anyway, when we met, we just sort of walked towards each other and and <laughs> Kate introduced us and we just sort of hugged and mm -hmm. didn't even say didn't even say hello. No. no. Kate introduced us like she just pointed like in silence like, okay, this is my friend. <laughs> yeah. And then we walked together mm -hmm. and also, you know, without speaking mm -hmm. and it was I thought it was really powerful to to share that for me because in the years leading up to that I had usually walked alone mm -hmm. and had done something that was more anonymous yeah. and and just sort of you know gathering I felt like whether it be gathering images and photographing or gathering actually objects or mm -hmm. just witnessing the world yeah and that time you know we were then a small group yeah. um, that and we gathered with a few more people along the way who also met us and um, yeah, so I loved to meet you in silence. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I just feel sometimes like I felt the communication was so strong without words mm -hmm. and um, like experience the the exhibition that was there inside mm -hmm. the cloisters, sharing our thoughts but not with words mm -hmm. was like so good. Mm -hmm. And this is something I miss a lot, like like valuing silence and pause and uh, less words to explain things. 
And so I think it was so good uh, to meet you that way. Mm -hmm. And to already feel very, I don't know, yeah, mm -hmm. I felt like a kindred spirit and mm -hmm. a lot was already sort of understood mm -hmm. without having to say anything. So, yeah, I know we should make a tradition of our silent walks. But then yeah. I do also remember when we sort of the walk had ended, mm -hmm. we ended up in, in Wood Park, yeah. like going to a monument, which is interesting yeah. because there was a, and I had chosen it kind of arbitrarily. I just like needed a sort of ending point mm -hmm. and it was a monument that was connected to when that land had been purchased, mm -hmm. I think, and sort of the, uh, seemed like a significant mm -hmm. event um, in the development of New York. Mm -hmm. um, and we sort of vet there, but then we walked up to the rocks overlooking the river and started talking, and you were just like, oh, I wish we could go back to being <laughs> silent. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like the spell had been broken, but I do like yeah. being in conversation with you <laughs> as well. Me too. <laughs> with words or without them. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to know that you can have, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. you can be comfortable in both of those spaces. Yeah. Um, that song has a little bit of that too. How do you mean? Like it creates, like the, the last part of the song is mm -hmm. just like no words, it's just like, mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, you need that, yeah. you know? <laughs> so I hope you all enjoyed that <laughs> silence <laughs> somehow too. Yeah, yeah, I love that track. Yeah. I feel like that's a really good, you know, to put that on and just to be walking through the city. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh. Yeah. <laughs> feel fresh again which yeah. I feel like I will probably do later today <laughs> <laughs> Very um, but going back to what we were talking about before the break mm -hmm. um, just a little bit more about you know and sort of related to the song um, this I think it, it leads us into some more uh, the conversation around spirituality and spirituality that relates to the land and mm -hmm. and sort of you know in in this song specifically she's looking for sort of this this herb that is mm -hmm. going to provide a sort of protection mm -hmm. in, in this bath, this kind of ceremony. Mm -hmm. um, and just, I'm curious, I don't know that much uh, about it, to be honest, but I, you know, I think in talking about Brazilian traditions and how that links into more of the, because I think that's something that's, you know, there's a lot of that that's actually in New York. Like, mm -hmm. I think when you yes. see the Botanica stores and, you know, uh, especially um, related to um, like Cuban and, and Puerto Rican yeah. tradition, and but um, just how that works in Brazil, yeah, um, and how that's sort of known. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like as I told you, like I'm not um, because there is so many different um, African uh, descendant, let's call this way, religions across the Americas. Mm -hmm. They have so many different names, like. Santeria is one thing. Umbanda, I think, in Brazil could be the same thing as Santeria. It's like a more blended with Catholicism and like indigenous um, um, myth. And, but it was also a way to protect their ancestral African religion from the colonizers so they could keep practicing but pretending they are practicing Catholic Mm. sense mm -hmm. uh, but they kept that so like Santeria there is like sense Catholic sense but at least 
in Brazil, I know like some, this scent is related to this orisha, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and when you say the orisha, uh -huh. those are the different sort of essential, they're the gods or the, gods, the yeah. right? Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's poly, polytheistic? Polytheistic, uh, yeah. Religion. Mm -hmm. um, with a lot of different orishas. In this song, she talked about Oshala, mm -hmm. which is uh, the, the the orisha of uh, creation, I think. I'm sorry, like I'm not, uh, uh, I, I participated in some um, candomblé, which is the m version of Santeria in Brazil that is more closer to the African mm -hmm. real, uh, way of doing uh, this, but I'm, I'm not like, I don't like go to a tejero, which is like the place you, where you practice, mm -hmm. um, because I feel this is something you need to be, it's not like, oh, I'm just going, you know, mm -hmm. it's like you're committed to that and you need to be present and you need to be part, it's like a communal thing, and now that I'm away, like I start like, I met, I got, I encountered this culture in Bahia, mm -hmm. and um, I'm not there anymore, so, like, I, I don't feel like I can practice, but it really feels good here that to see the botanicas and mm -hmm. see, a lot of people say, like, the Brazilian way of uh, keep uh, this um, ceremonial practice, it's very similar to the Cuban. Mm -hmm. Um, practice and it's the same names and and, and it's like a ver also like the same in up in a, in some parts of Africa some countries specifically that people were moved mm -hmm. uh, from there so one I don't know if I explained much but <laughs> it's a good like yeah that helps idea. that helps yeah. to place it you yeah. know sort of in relation to influences coming in um, and I mean, I know in the past we, at a certain point, we had been talking about the the Yoruba mm -hmm. priest that you yeah. encountered, and I know that was significant, but yeah. I can't remember the specifics of how, how you was. met. Yeah, yeah. So it was part of my projects for Sakata for the residency in Bahia. Mm -hmm. I what. Anyways, I wanted to do like a, a more like territorial drift. So I had a starting point, which was this city in the middle of the dry lands. Because of the name of the city, it meant something like a, dr a water drift. Mm -hmm. And I was very curious how a water drift in a dry land. Uh, so I decided to start from there. And I was walking and like trying to map where I was, which was very crazy <laughs> thinking. Like, uh, but. I met this man and one of the person, uh, uh, the people I tried to ask, like, what does that mean? The only person who could answer me was this man. Tony, maybe you're hearing us. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I was shocked. He's an artist from Bahia. And he was like, we started talking and was amazing. Like the conversation was, was I was shocked that I, I found this person there in this very small town. Mm -hmm. And Bahia is the, it's the dry lands, it's more... 
it's arid. The, it's a state that is very big, and uh, but there is like the coast where mm -hmm. is Salvador, mm -hmm. where Luege is from, but there is also like more dry land, New Mexico like landscape. Okay. And a lot of like sometimes this there is a part that is more mountain and a lot of unique like places. It's strong, it's strong. It's I feel like it's like New Mexico really. Okay. But then Tony was like, I want you to introduce you to my partner. Uh, or before that, he just said, like, come to my city, which is even smaller, where the zero is a cave. And the zero is like this water spring in the middle of the dry lands. That everyone sort of acknowledges as being the sort of origin yes. of that place. Okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it was kind of crazy, walking in the middle of nowhere after taking a bus and meeting him. And then I was at his house, and then I met his partner, who is a Candomblé uh, priest. It's, it's not good to translate like this, but it's like he is like spiritual leader of African religion in Brazil. Okay. Djalma is his name. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he saw me, we was this strong connection and start I had no idea what I had I knew like Odisha was like the goddess of Kondomplé but like I had no idea like which Odisha is what like I had no like very like very ignorant I feel really bad to say that but I had no idea well yeah. you just you know you hadn't been immersed in that yeah and so it's not I don't think it's something to feel bad about. It was more of just, yeah. You came into that, it, yeah. into that interaction with openness. Mm -hmm. and then, yeah. Yeah, but there is something that, um, you know, I, I think, I don't know if it, it was intentionally or unintentionally, but has influenced what has happened like, yeah. since then in terms mm -hmm. of. I mean, I think that that with your work and the actions that you create and everything around that, that there is a real kind of reverence for the land and for these ceremonies that yes. are maybe, you know, less traditional, but are, I think, are rooted in things that are more timeless. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. And there is something about, like, also honoring, not honoring, but, like, listen to the people that are in dialogue with the land for longer time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we have so much to learn from mm -hmm. them, you know. So I think it was like a turning point in that sense too. Like yeah. you have a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. It reminds me of like a sort of a winding path. There's kind of these S curves and each one of these points, you sort of, you know, take another mm -hmm. a bend and yeah, or like a, river going through it. What was the name? The city was a, a water? Irese. Irese yeah. means? E means water uh -huh. in uh, one of the Brazilian indigenous language. So sort of like a river carving through a dry sand bed. Yeah, but <laughs> what like he that. explained it to me was like water is flowing under. That's why it's like water flowing mm -hmm. because there is water under this dry lands which ah. is kind of crazy okay so it's still sort of being fed 
from mm -hmm. that source, but is not necessarily visible. And and the the it's very dry, mm. you know. People are starting to do a lot of irrigation with that, but it's dangerous. Like it, he, he their city collapsed because of that. Mm. Like there is like this big, open. <laughs> I was told I was like, okay, this is kind of surreal. Like mm. this is, anyways. Um, I just felt there is so much more to learn, and every time you open this door, it's like as mm -hmm. you were saying, like there is more and more and more and more and more and more. Well, and then coming to that sort of, I don't know, influenced maybe the mm -hmm. work that would follow in New Mexico and mm -hmm. seeking that out. But how yeah. did you, how did you end up in New Mexico to do that work? Yeah, this is also kind of funny story. I was. Like, Jeff, my partner, is from the U.S., mm -hmm. and we were like... And you met in Sao Paulo? We met here in New York. Oh, you did? In 2010, oh. yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, but we stayed out of touch for two years. So he moved to Brazil, and we lived there for a long time, and there was something like... He wanted to come, and I was like, Jeff, I can't go just because I need a reason. Like, and I, I started like researching about ancestral root, ancestral roads, and like ancestral culture. And then, like, there in in the U.S. And then there was a image of New Mexico of the Chaco roads. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, if you can Google it, <laughs> it's kind of insane. <laughs> because it's, like, carved on the stones or, like, on the on the track. They are disappearing, which is kind of sad. And it's a very sensitive site because it's fracking. It's happening a lot okay. around it. Yeah. So let's change this, guys. <laughs> uh, but the, it's these amazing roads that goes from Chaco Canyon, which is, like, super big uh, site with a lot of, like, um, I don't like to call it ruins, but uh, people were there, uh, and it's... Would you, do you prefer not to call it that because that makes it sound like it is... Done. Right, yeah. okay. What do you prefer to call it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. But I, I I learned the last time I was in New Mexico I was walking mm -hmm. again with uh, as we do as we do <laughs> to connect with people and places and I was walking with this uh, uh, indigenous artist from there and walking in this place that is called a ruin but it it's not like people are still going there it's their ancestral land and they go like it's a ritual site, like, it's active, it's not, even Pecos, where I did my installation, mm -hmm. it's also, like, active, the park ranger were shocked, uh, they were shocked that there was also, like, always some objects, and they were like, I don't know how they got in, blah, 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 and I was like, man, this is their land, you mm -hmm. know, um, so, objects that they would leave as, yeah. right, they had, the shrine, like, shrine, yeah, um, anyways, like, any, okay, where I, I lost myself. <laughs> How you ended up coming ah, to New Mexico. New Mexico. So I was in my bed, and I, was, I saw this image of the roads, and I was like, okay, this is a good reason to go to the U.S. 
<laughs> I can't go now. And and then I I I came to visit in 2016, and I applied for a re the residency in Pecos, and I got the residency, and things start rolling. And yeah. I was like, okay, I think now I can leave Brazil. But mm -hmm. was a long process of going back and forth from Brazil to here. A lot of living in the suitcase yeah. kind of life. And did you feel, when you made that decision, was it for you um, a more kind of decisive point where before you had sort of been testing the waters and then mm. this was more of a, it, this is sort of one chapter of my life and I'm entering into a different yeah. phase, right? Yeah. Mm. There was something about like people can understand my work there so I'm going because it there's more of an openness that you experienced here to the type of in investigations that you were doing yes yeah and also uh, be, uh, like it's kind of obvious but also my more my I start speaking <laughs> more more opportunity you can just go off if you want I mean <laughs> it's beautiful my opportunities <laughs> So it's there is more opportunities like there is more there is more work uh, somehow there is more doors to mm -hmm. for you to squeeze in you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. and I mean I think in coming here and navigating a relationship and also you know coming into this space I mean to this new place like to have kind of that you know, that route that you're carving for yourself and mm -hmm. then also, you know, as you're investing in a, a relationship yeah. and to, to have those things operating, mm -hmm. interwoven, but yeah, yeah it, it, that yeah. makes it, a, mm -hmm. feels, I imagine, like a much more sound decision. Mm. Um, yeah. But when you left Brazil, then how were you delirious? Were you of adrenaline or was it <laughs> because I did it like in part so it was like I, I would come do a project did the project in New Mexico and then I would go back because Aurora was still happening so I was there to do a project that I was the coordinator in Aurora and then I would come back to do some was kind of uh, living two lives mm -hmm. in, in two countries that I feel that now right now it's like when I'm, I feel that I moved here, mm -hmm. but it's new. So this is a newer, yeah, a newer place where mm -hmm. you're embracing this as a different. It's like you're embracing this as your home. Yeah. Yeah, and and it, I think now I'm starting to get homesick for the very first time. Mm. Um, like I need Luigi, and I I need those this and Gilberto Gil like. There is like this um, Brazilian joy and generosity and like openness mm -hmm. that I miss, and ma real mangoes, bananas, and <laughs> <laughs> real bananas and real like oranges. Like <laughs> there is like all of that that I s I'm starting to miss. Yeah, <laughs> and of course like beloved uh, people. Of course, yeah. yeah. In tribute to that, mm -hmm. 
I think we should squeeze in another song. Okay. Oh, Azas. Yeah. What okay. do you? Uh, let's do. I was also looking at Dentro Ali. Ah, Dentro Ali. Yeah. We could do either. No, no. Sorry, I think I I I, I got it wrong. Dentro Ali. Yeah. Do you want to mention anything about this song? It's just it's Dent. So we are going to play Dentro Ali, which <laughs> you would direct translation translate DJ to Bell. <laughs> DJ Bell. <laughs> hey, there is Polo, Puerto Rican, living in Cleveland. This is this one is for you. It's called the intro lead, there inside is the direct translation. <laughs> Ali, em um domingo de sol Ou um dia qualquer Apareça Me leve a um lugar distante Me ajude a carregar Essa maleta Onde eu guardo meu cansaço e meu sonho mais bonito E um livro de receitas naturais E um terço para um pai nosso Um pedaço de pão E um lápis, um caderno E a vida dos meus filhos Que é tudo que eu tenho E que é também É o bem que te confio 
caso esteja por vir. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, returning from Brazil and the song Ventura Ali mm -hmm. about essentially those things that she would carry in her personal suitcase mm -hmm. when she was going to distant places. Mm -hmm. Like Belle traveling to <laughs> the wilds, the wild, the dry lands of New Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, but in talking a little bit more about that project, um, mm -hmm. the, the timing of that, I um, wanted mm -hmm. to, to go into that a little bit more because that yeah. was in terms of things that were happening in this country. Yeah. was also a, a, a very interesting time. Yeah. And to call it that way, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's always the word. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, what was going on at that time? Um... It's funny, like, I felt 
I left Brazil when the crazy impeachment process, fake, was happening, and I kind of felt I would find a more like peaceful politic on politics times here. And I arrived. It was during the elections, um, anyways. And I was in New Mexico. Was learning a lot, like with the land. Um, still, like looking for how to connect with people was something new to my work. I I didn't knew how to have uh, other people being part of the work. So I, f I feel like the first installation I did that there was more like me with the landscape again. Mm -hmm. And the work that I'm doing now that I'm going back, it's more like how to work with the people and like just facilitate like people making what they want to. Mm -hmm. You know, but that was also different than like when you were doing the say the work in the the house in mm -hmm. Sao Paulo. Like that yeah. was a very different kind of collaborating. Yes, it seems like in New Mexico it was more about providing something for the public to really engage with. Yeah, in a different way. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and um, so I I I finished my installation and then I left um, to do a road trip um, with Jeff, <laughs> who is here. <laughs> <laughs> Listening silently on the headphones. Yes. Maybe he will make a cameo at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we, I was like, okay, I want to visit like the land art um, uh, sites. And um, we went to Utah to visit Nancy Holt, um work uh, some tunnels mm -hmm. and was the day of the election nobody was hoping or hoping no it's the wrong word like expecting yeah no one was expecting no I I was like oh I'm going to go to sleep I'm not I not I, d I didn't even like watch the counting because I don't know and then I wake up and we had a new president <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff was totally devastated wearing his Obama sweatshirt <laughs> uh, in the middle of nowhere, Utah. Um, but we decided to go anyway and visit the work. And it's a work in the middle of nowhere that nobody goes. It's like they just go during solstice mm -hmm. is when it's more like busy. And it's hard to find. It's anyways... Do but you want to describe a little bit more about? Yeah. Okay. The, it's what this the work looks like. beautiful work that it's like four um, cylindrical concrete um, pieces with the uh, holes that are related to the constellations, and they are the way they are oriented. Uh, it's aligned with the solstice and equinox. Mm -hmm. um, what I think it's interesting as a backstory. She so she was the wife of. No, let's say, put it this way. Robert Smithson was her husband. <laughs> and uh, he passed filming her, his last work where, that she finished and make it happen, Amarillo Ramp in Texas. So after that, she decided to live in the middle of nowhere in Utah to do this work. For one, like, sorry, I need to tell the whole story. 
the day he passed, he invited her to come to film because he, he died filming the work. And he was in a plane. In filming, a plane. So, yeah, he died yeah. sadly in a plane crash. He was yeah. quite young. She was like, I can't go. I had an idea for a project. And this was the Sentinels project. Wow. And I think this is very powerful that she mm -hmm. said, I'm sorry, I'm staying at home doing my, at my studio doing mm -hmm. my things. And anyways, then he passed, she moved to the middle of nowhere and worked there for one year. So is this work that it's like, it's not like parachuted there. She lived there. Like mm -hmm. she knew, like she knew what she wanted people to experience. And when we arrived, there was, uh, for our surprise, there was someone there alone. And after some hours, of being totally in silence, no one was talking to no one, uh, another person arrived. And we were all in silence. And at, at some point we start talking and the guy that was there before us, uh, he was from a Mormon family that was all Trump voters and he just wanna leave. And this was the place he found to find refugee mm -hmm. and the other woman was also from a conservative family in Arizona um, and was her 40th birthday and she thought she would be alone in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and she was like this is the first time that uh, I'll be alone in my birthday but then we were all there mm. so at 7 a.m. after being very cold <laughs> during through the night because we spent the night there in the car sleeping we popped a champagne to her. Wow. <laughs> Wait, so you drove there yeah. the night before, and you just you were parked there, and you're like, okay, we're just going to wait until the sunrise and then mm -hmm. go out. Mm. Because this is how Nancy right. tell people to experience, uh, recommend you to experience. She unfortunately passed three years ago, mm -hmm. I think. But there is a show of her coming up here in Dia Chelsea. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. September, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big fan. And then right after that, anyways, we went to see Robert Smithson's Spiral Jetty, and Jeff was like, okay, the work is so much better. <laughs> like, and I was like, yes. <laughs> well, and going back, so the experience of, of being at the Sun Tunnels, how did uh -huh. you mm. how did you interact with that work? I think it's it's... It's hard to, to describe yeah. without seeing it, but yeah. it is, you know, it's kind of like these, it's a very minimal yeah. installation, but there's something, yeah. you know, that is so important about the way the elements are interacting with these structures. Mm -hmm. And I've always been curious as to how people sort of move around them mm -hmm. or through them or yeah. you know, what you choose to do when you're there. It's it kind of it frames like the landscape so you can like there is like this mountain that is framed it in, with this round form and it's like a total silence like it's an experience of silence that it's very very rare for you to experience mm -hmm. um and you feel very small that somehow it brings you back to the scale of your presence in the landscape mm -hmm makes mm. you like understand your size and we just like start walking very far and like 
from it. And sort of out into the landscape? Yeah. Was it just open fields or dry? You want to say something? I don't, oh, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> Mike is on. <laughs> okay. Now you're on. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> we have a new, sorry. Uh, hi, this is Welcome, hi. Jeff. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> my debut. I uh, carry him on my suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of <laughs> Um No, I guess to respond to your question, Aaron, I think what, was uh, so interesting about the work. As Bell said, each one of the cylinders points in a cardinal direction, um, which obviously has to do with the solstice and equinox. But um, obviously, if you walk the perimeter, it's like a circle mm. or, another, or like a navel symbol. And what um, we did and what a lot of people do are um, steadily, uh, let's say, further out diameters. Mm -hmm. So they'll do one that the first diameter where it's at the outside edge of each of the tunnels then further out, then further out. And mm. I agree with Belle. Um, there's really the sense of both you and the work disappearing into yeah. the landscape. And mm. as she said, yeah. there's mountains on each side. It's kind of like, um, like almost like desert salt flat. It's really yeah. barren. Yeah. Um, and it's really, mm -hmm. it's really moving. Mm. Um, and it fits, at, and just to finish what she said earlier, it fits, uh, it feels of the landscape and embedded in the landscape in a way that, ironically, um, Spiral Jetty doesn't mm -hmm. at all. Spiral Jetty feels very much an intervention um, that was done by man for man's, and that will, I mean, it has evidence by the work itself. It's falling apart. Mm -hmm. um, it, sometimes it looks good, sometimes it doesn't. And it was striking that the sun tunnels versus, I mean, excluding our experience, but the people that visited stayed in upwards of 12 hours. More, yeah. Right, when we went to Spiral Jetty, um, mm. people stayed five minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're and sort of like, okay, I've made this. I've seen it. Sort yeah. of pilgrimage. Yeah. Yeah, to, to walk this route. Can yeah. you, you can still, depending on what is happening with the water level, you yeah. can still walk it. Yeah, yes. but it's kind of like, um, it's it collapsed a little bit. It's there, you can see the, the, the drawing and, mm -hmm. and everything, but mm. it's different. And we even saw, like, and, and there is something about, I don't know, being in sun tunnels that you feel part of nature somehow. Mm -hmm. You understand yourself more like mm -hmm. part of that. We even saw like a bear. Uh, bear print? Print. Huh. Right. And you like naturally start walking circles. It's kind of, <laughs> it's weird, <laughs> but it's very powerful. And the other, so uh -huh. the other people that were drawn there, that, that's an interesting contrast yeah. in that you were sort of going there to seek it out and yeah. having nothing to do with the election that happening. Mm -hmm. And it was just sort of like an assumption that a certain thing was going to, to mm -hmm. happen. Um, but they sought it out for the opposite reason. Like it was, you know, seeking out that kind of refuge yeah. from from the wave that had just hit. And um, yeah, the conversation about that. Did you talk about those those things at all? I mean, it sounds like you, you knew you had, you knew why they were coming, so mm -hmm. at least a little bit. If we talk with them? Yeah. A little bit. I felt there was something very precious about being in silent and being mm -hmm. there at that moment that like we were all happy to be 
quiet mm -hmm. and like feel we were not in the world mm -hmm. was like a very rare chance to be in this space mm -hmm. yeah sacred yeah yeah mm. i thought that this could be like i don't know there is something about this experience that relates to it was like i understood like this is public art like mm -hmm. this is art with people and with nature at the same time and it was not long after that that you ended up either proposing or starting the work you did in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Yes. And how did that come about after that trip? It's it's funny. Like the project, it, the project I did in Detroit was the one I proposed to the residency in Pecos, mm -hmm. but I couldn't make it that way. Well, it's not the same, of course, but. Um, because I proposed to dig, and it's a very sensitive site. Archaeologically. So, yeah, so it was just yeah. a great idea. But even without digging, I end up, like, so many times the archaeologist didn't let me do what I want to do, or, like, I told him, like, I want to do it there, and he was like, oh, you can do it. And I was like, are you sure this feels like a special site? He was like, no, go ahead. And then I, we found, like, gigantic, uh, how do you say Arrowheads? It was no. bigger than arrowheads. was, like, the point, spear point. I don't know. Like, huh. and then like you would be digging and you would pull this up? Not even digging. Just, like, clearing out the plants. Wow. And was there. And, and he was like, I think we're right on top of a house. Like, anyways was there was like this strong like dialogue with the landscape and the what the presence that are still there mm -hmm. or were there before and i couldn't dig because of that of course uh, so detroit was kind of like uh, thanks to kate who invited me i had the freedom to do what i want to do and but also uh, through a dialogue with that place mm -hmm. so I arrived there even before she was there. So like we were living in the house, uh, engaging with the neighbors because the neighbors would just like come by and knock on the door and like on the daily, on the daily basis, know. <laughs> you <very> know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> spending time there. It's very, <laughs> very communal. Yes, very communal. So we already start meeting the neighbors and like it was very good. Um, as an experience, I learned a lot, and um, yes, but yeah, and then what the work, the work is called uh, To Open the Ground, uh, Unable to Burnside, and is this like circular, I don't know. Um, I would describe it as uh -huh. a circular uh, sort of, I mean, it, it is at, describing it in the most simple way. It's uh -huh. a hole that's been dug mm -hmm. in the earth, but has also been structured so that there's kind of a place to sit. Mm -hmm. And it's like a little miniature kind of amphitheater. Um, it has a structure in the center that can be used to build a fire. Yeah. And um, it just, it, it's probably, I don't know, like five feet deep, four or five feet deep. I think it's deep. three. Okay, yeah. But you can sort of, yeah. you can lay down inside of it. Yeah. And you can really be 
uh, subterranean, but yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, yeah, so an inlaid mm-hmm. circular gathering space. Yeah, like I think it's like 18 feet uh, diameter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the process of digging that you so at a certain point I visited Detroit and Belle was working on this project and it was I think it was the second time we had met the first time we had met in silence it's oh, crazy yeah I feel like we we've known each other for yeah a long time but it, we just meet in this like very deep <laughs> in silence walking or like digging a gigantic hole yeah, exactly <laughs> um yeah. And then I was working with Kate and Belle on a, because uh, I had gone to, to Burnside to do a project mm-hmm. um, and had been collaborating with Kate and Belle and was doing the project with sort of cyanotype, uh, cyanotype printed fabrics and yeah. kind of exposed with the sun while laying in the navel. And mm-hmm. so then we, you know, we kind of just dove in. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, as you were in that process, you know, I think you were kind of like halfway mm-hmm. through sort of digging, which was a really, I just remember like your hands were so dry and you were just in it and uncovering all of these things that you were also, I mean, different, very different than the spears, but, mm-hmm. you know, there was a sort of excavation that was also happening yeah. that I thought was really beautiful and interesting. Yeah. Um, there was something very powerful about like, it doesn't matter where you are, but when you decide to, like, really work with the land and, like, be present and just, like, be, um, how do you say, like, when you're very engaged, attent- attentive to mm-hmm. what is there, mm-hmm. things, like, it's it just, like, this little piece of land t- uh, told me a lot about Detroit just by digging that like there was like pieces of a house like and then like material that were put to fill in so like Detroit had just passed through this like super intense moment of like decay but like people were living there still and like the houses were burned and demolished and there are so many stories mm-hmm. under the earth mm-hmm. um, that I think it also relates to a little bit of what I was talking about uh, uh, when you described my work as like uh, misrepresentative uh, monuments. It's like how to find those stories that are under the ground now. Mm-hmm. That like, are the true. Yeah. M- Monuments. If, yeah. If you're really looking at yeah yeah things that are linked to the place. Yeah, the stories of the people that mm-hmm. are not telling the story. Mm-hmm. The, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then those things were also like, those objects you presented mm-hmm. in sort of a side exhibition mm-hmm. once the navel was finished. Yeah, yeah. So we we there was the shed that you also did the work there mm-hmm. um, that I presented everything that I found basically I almost didn't exclude anything mm. um, also a casita also a casita or a casinha a casinha 
Yeah, this very small house. Yeah, I would definitely have like the draw to the small structures. I do. I feel like you. <laughs> you yeah, do. yeah. Um, we have stories to tell. Mm-hmm. 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 And people are paying attention. Not, not everyone, but to the big, gigantic things like how to honor the smaller mm-hmm. structures. Mm-hmm. And in terms of getting to the point where you were ready to present that mm-hmm. or to sort of open it up. I mean, I, f- I think that was an interesting project too because it wasn't as though you were working on something that was behind, mm-hmm. you know, sort of behind a wall or whatever. It was, there was an engagement that was happening all the time. Yeah. And then, but then there was a point where you sort of opened it up or yeah. had, a, had a gathering there to mm-hmm. yeah. celebrate that. Yeah, yeah. We had like our first fire was a um, group, was kind of a coincidence, but a good one. A group of 40 women. We had, um, uh, was a gathering that Kate, uh, together with um, Ashley, one of her neighbors' collaborators, mm-hmm. um, they put together a group of diverse women from Detroit to share like struggles and what are the tools to deal with struggles and at the end we brought all all of we learned and from that spir- experience to the naval and we lead the first fire there mm-hmm. with those papers that were with those like struggles and a process of just letting go yeah hmm. so it was but the like the opening itself was m- more of a celebration of the neighborhood so there was a lot of kids like it's who have never been to Detroit, and this area specifically is like uh, Bengali, Polish, um, black artists, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. super mix mm-hmm. neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was like during the process of digging, I got to connect with different people from different backgrounds, from all these backgrounds. Mm-hmm. and get I made friends and more than that like we found common ground yeah like literally and yeah yeah figuratively yeah yeah and there's yeah. you know I, I think we will talk about mm-hmm. the recently we we're talking about Lucy Lepard and mm-hmm. a lot of her her investigation or discussion of you know kind of these types of projects or projects that are blurring that line between, you know, what it means to do work that is, uh, it is, it is art, Mm -hmm. you know, it's defined as art, but maybe pushing the boundaries of where that, where or how that engagement can happen. So, you know, it's like, it's important to have those kind of ceremonies um, to celebrate like the finishing of that. But then it's also like thinking about you going to the Nancy Holt installation it's just as important or like looking long term I think you know part of the real power of that kind of work is that it now it's just there and existing and it's people are continuing to you know sort of discover it on their own terms Mm -hmm. um, which I think is you know as your especially as your work is evolving like you're doing that in ways that are becoming sort of more complex uh-huh. and you know and some of the work you're doing in Mexico and now like returning there and mm-hmm. so yeah. 
-hmm. Yeah, the, I think there is something that was also very powerful. Like, I, it also felt like uh, I was leave. I just left. W was maybe like the feeling of arriving here started by digging that. Mm -hmm. Um, like I built some, not built out of just carving it out from the land, but um, like a piece of me mm -hmm. is here now, mm -hmm. and it's part of here now <laughs> too. Like yeah, which was uh, strong, and the fact that it's uh, we were having a conversation about monuments mm -hmm. and the way that things are often built yeah. on top of the earth yeah. but that you have sort of invested a piece of yourself by like taking something away from the land mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting it's like a you know a kind of I don't know to consider the idea of like displacement mm -hmm. um, and there's that's a whole I think conversation, you know, to sort of talk about the different meanings of that word, like as it relates mm -hmm. to like displaced persons yeah. and um, relates to immigration. And, but then there's also like the physical act of actually like, displacing something mm -hmm. and what you fill it with. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, the word displacement like usually has an, I think a negative connotation mm -hmm. and um, you know, usually are often, I think, rightly so in yeah. thinking about how many people are sort of displaced from their homes. But in this kind of act, it's like you are displacing this space with just like a real mm -hmm. kind of love and, yeah. you know, yeah. investment in that space. There was something about like taking the, because a lot of the, an unexpected part of the thing, the project was a lot of the material that was there was clay. Mm -hmm. And clay is very hard to dig. <laughs> and I needed to water sometimes to make it more mushy, but if it was too mushy, it was harder to dig. So I needed to deal with the material all the time. And I also like saved all the clay that I dug. And it's there like waiting for us to create something out of it. Like we want to make a workshop and we are working together with a neighbor that knows how to do that, mm -hmm. um, to make the, this clay usable. Um, so there was, I dug very carefully. So it was like, because I needed to separate like pieces of a house from like, oh, this is good clay, or I don't know, a burned, uh, I don't know, like nail or uh, like. A remnant yeah. or a relic. Yeah like a hat, a shoe, like mm. I found, like, uh, so it made me m do it very slowly. So with that, I kind of, I had this weird sensation when I was digging, like, it's like, you don't know where you're, what you're going to find. Mm -hmm. My, the last, very last piece I found was a gigantic pole, like metal pole that was going uh, like around the perimeter and was like I think was like a street pole wow it was very big and, Why? I, and it was bent yeah and was circular so like I just found at the end it was weird like mm. to find that and I never found that before uh, during the process I didn't find it anyways I just feel like 
was displacing but was also like feeling part of it you know like um was really like at some point i was feeling as it's weird to say that way but i felt like part of mm -hmm. that land mm -hmm. and even like the centerpiece which is it's just carved like out um anyways in the stones i kept all the stones and we did in some activities, like with the kids, and also another day with other, another group of women too, that we start working in the clay. So, yeah. And things that you were considering before that, but then have done more work with since is mm -hmm. kind of related to that, just thinking more about mm -hmm. monuments mm -hmm. and the idea of the monument. Yeah. And, um, how how we I think define places by like the major the major monuments that are are there right mm -hmm. and sort of these perches or yeah these high points are but yeah. that there's maybe something that's more telling or more appropriate by doing something that's more invested in the Mm -hmm. in the earth yeah in, in that land yeah it's interesting now in New Mexico the project I'm doing um, it's with um, it's a group with a group of indigenous women called Tewa Women United but um, one like big shift of being in New Mexico now it's before I was like myself with the land and now it's like myself with them like listening and like being more like it's their mm -hmm. their story you're a catalyst or you're more uh, helping them to or like witnessing mm -hmm. like you know and one thing that was really important uh, for me this time I've I've encounter the words of this uh, woman called Rina Swenzel, mm -hmm. which is actually the aunt of the aunt? Aunt? Aunt. Auntie. The auntie. Auntie. Like an aunt? Like uh, an uncle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of uh, that the auntie. The woman that I mentioned before that I did the walk with. Uh, and she passed too, but she was uh, she was an architect, and but also like there like the idea of art, architecture, or like everybody is an artist, mm -hmm. right? I believe in that, even with us that we are so far from that right now. But she has like beautiful texts, mm -hmm. and I was just reading her texts and trying to um, come out with an idea for the project and she has one text it's called uh, I think it's like understate understate of sacredness something mm -hmm. like that she loves like understate things understated understated so something that yeah. is okay sorry yeah. no yeah got it and she talks about like the most important monument of their village it's a navel mm -hmm. because they all in New Mexico like the navel um, symbol it's very strong too and she talks about like if someone goes to her village to visit the most important monument will be disappointed 
because it's under understated. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just like a little hole with like stones around and like cornmeal in the center to honor. I'm not saying anything that can't be said because she put that in text and mm-hmm. got in trouble because of that. But mm. uh, it's just like. I think she also saw everyone as like we are all there was a lot that unite us and I value a lot that on her words and mm-hmm. I don't know just when you were talking about that it made me think about her statement mm-hmm. Lucy is, was a good friend of her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there is like so much that we don't pay attention mm-hmm. and there are very important uh, grounding structures mm-hmm. that are in re- already um, really connected to our experience of, I think, like everyday living that, yeah, yeah are, are much more you know, when you consider the impact it has on your life and yeah. where the place has been sort of built and what it's been built upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, there is new ideas coming from that <laughs> I think this is a good moment to cue another song yes yes um, I'm thinking ask us yes yes do you want to say a few words about this so we're going to play Asas, a song the translation would be wings um, but she talks more instead of be having wings you she has the wind inside her and that's what moves her Amen. 
vento vem me mostrar qual a força que tenho para seguir. Ventania é senhora, eu sei, e foi lá bem alto que eu vi, inunda a queda água que faz brotar. Inunda que a água lava para quê? Te quero asas se eu tenho ventania dentro. Eu fiz até uma tempestade. Dei no céu na imensidão. A, I think that song is a beautiful kind of, I don't know, it feels like more of a lullaby mm-hmm. thing, yeah. even though it's 4.28 <laughs> Eastern time. Not going to sleep quite yet. Yeah. Um, and uh, in our wandering conversation, I mean, I, I feel like we've kind of gone through that train of, mm-hmm. of the derive and the mobility and kind of then coming to different places where you've made the decision to dig in mm-hmm. more and kind of the trajectory of, of work that's happened since then. And then, you know, now really working towards like being rooted here in New York, but still having kind of these, mm-hmm. these arms that are reaching out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I guess maybe we could talk a little bit more about things that are coming. Like I know that some of that work is in progress, yeah. um, but building upon mm-hmm. the experience, I think of being in Detroit and really feeling like you had had invested in the land in a different way. Um, how do you feel about, I mean, I would say in, in part, like how do you feel about being in New York mm-hmm. and then you know continuing to have those sort of satellite projects Mm -hmm. yeah 
Um, again, like I was, I needed a reason to be here too. Again, like I was like, okay, why New York? Um, and this being a battle, <laughs> but there is some after living in Detroit and in New Mexico, but also like in Virginia a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about Virginia? Um, so like Jeff and some friends have um, farm in Virginia, which is like the place I would always go back after those journeys. And it's where like I can open my suitcase and like <laughs> <laughs> anyways, like some, uh, yeah, I miss having a proper closet. <laughs> mm. um, but actually it's like there is a casita there love the casita yeah yeah what's in the that is a uh, no go ahead it's <laughs> a 18 1830s uh, t- uh little like very i don't know very old and like kind of falling apart mm-hmm. uh house mm-hmm. that was a tannery right and um i decided that my studio was there like, this is my studio <laughs> again. But, like, I wrote the application to New Mexico. There, It's, like, it's a place that I feel really good working. Mm-hmm. I had to battle with the wasps, and there is some, like, snake skins. And there is, like, there is some life. Like, I'm not the only resident there. <laughs> um, but... Um, I feel really good inside of that casita, and it's the place I go back. But at the same time, outside of that, um, there is not, like, there is some interesting people living around there, like writers and a historian, a historian woman I met. But, um, like, I missed uh, the sense of community I had in a, with Aurora and with my friends, with my family. Like, I don't know. There was something like, and even in Detroit, like I feel I was missing the Latino community. There is like Mexican town. Of course there Mm -hmm. is. But there is something about New York. There's just like Latinos from all over the Americas Mm -hmm. that is really like exciting. Mm -hmm. So I can find real passion fruit, (laughs) like the fruit itself. Real uh, mangoes. Re- yes, uh, once. <laughs> <laughs> More elusive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff brought me the passion for it. It was not me. He found it. But, um, yeah, there is something really exciting af- about, like, looking to other people and and feeling at home. Just because they, like, they were, I don't know. There's a shared, I mean, there's just something shared. Yeah. That. I think it doesn't have to be yeah. spoken. Yeah, um, okay. And like when you were doing the Annex B mm-hmm. program, I think that was an opportunity for you. Like the timing of that was quite amazing mm-hmm. in coming to New York this time around and yeah. having that program to join. And how did that program begin? So I, I met Larissa here in New York. We never had saw each other before. I was 
doing a studio visit to a friend of mine that was in residency there and we start talking and she knew about our daughter we talk about the challenges of like running uh, like independent art program and um, and she when I told her like I'm here like I think I'm moving to New York she invited me to to be part of the program mm. I was lucky because they they have a busy like uh, schedule and there was a gap and it was fate <laughs> 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 I was drifting around and then I <laughs> and then there it was yeah 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 things happen like mm. that sometimes and um, it was really good because I shared with her like so I'm feeling this is kind of urgent for me. And um, we talked about it and start to structure it. And I was like, man, I don't know anyone here. I'm just like sending emails to people that I don't know, never met. Mm -hmm. But I think there is something about our openness and warmth that made it natural like um, everybody answered me and our first gathering was like it we were supposed to end at 9 mm -hmm. and we end up talking until 11 you know and in a city like New York in Bushwick when people were living far from Bushwick like up really far uptown like mm -hmm. so I felt like okay it makes sense like I'm not um, there is something here like I'm not the only one who's missing that right you know? the organic kind of nature the way you plugged in and then that gravitation I mean part of it was because the, the program existed and you were able to connect with that but also yeah. you know just sort of what that brings together yeah and mm. I feel like a lot of people live in this country and in this town and they are not from this country or like from this culture mm -hmm. and we are trying our best to improve our English <laughs> <laughs> and but it's just like it's a different culture and um, there is something informal and open and warm that even having amazing friends from here that are also open and all of that like there is something that I that I, w I was missing and then I could I could feel like other people mm -hmm. also meet because it's a professional relationship because we are doing these gatherings of artists or social workers or it's a diverse group but it's a group of professionals but maybe we miss that in our profession like uh, professional relationships too like how to be more organic or like flow like let it flow and mm -hmm. you don't need to explain every little thing but things happen like how to honor what is more natural to you mm -hmm. in a environment that is not exactly like that mm -hmm. i don't know because you're saying the the characteristics of new york are quite different than brazil in oh, that way uh -huh. right yeah like i that's true. But I also think I found that one of the most amazing things about New York is, you know, there's this impression from the outside that is it's a more... And it, it, it is. It, like the, yeah. 
the rigidness of certain things or like the pushiness, but then there is so much like warmth and communal. I think in part because it's out of necessity. Yes. You know, because we are all in each other's midst. But um, yeah, I've been like consistently like really just, I, I mean, one of my favorite things is like riding my bike through the city or walking through this, navigate, however I navigate through, but just seeing these little like micro happenings. And I <laughs> think at least like once a day I yeah. get really emotional. Mm-hmm. It goes both ends of the spectrum. Like you see like awful things. Um, but it is, it is, I know. it is true. It's, it's like a very complex, very complex place. Um, but it's, I think that's a, a good omen too for you in this time to be able to have found that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the beginning. Yes, just the started. Just the starting point. It's just the navel. <laughs> it's just a zero. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm very happy that uh, everybody were open to mm-hmm. join the group. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyways, yeah. And I'm also very excited when I'm walking here and I found I find all these like moments of mm-hmm. things happening. There is something very unique about this city that I was afraid I was not going to see anymore from the New York of 2010 that mm. I fell in love mm-hmm. with. But it's it's still here, guys. Mm-hmm. We just need to look <laughs> harder. <laughs> you know, it's here. Yeah, it's it's a ever ever changing mm-hmm. place but still one that I think you know there's sometimes hearing stories of how it's too expensive for artists mm-hmm. to be here and it's yeah. sort of like it's the the raw and kind of like cheap days have passed but I think that there's still so much mm-hmm. there's so much more of that mm-hmm. just adapting and shifting yeah um, there was something I did want to mention about um, well, in case you haven't noticed, we have extended beyond our <laughs> original time slot, <laughs> 2 to 4 p.m. So we have the airwaves for another five minutes. Yes. Um, which, thank you. Thank you. Yes, to Montez Press Radio for hosting us and letting us, just letting us do our thing. It's been really cool to, to be in this space together. I'm very appreciative. But um, I think before we wrap, like one thing that I've been thinking about since a conversation we had recently was about kind of that notion, I think for people, um, those that are, are moving and have chosen to live somewhere other than their original home mm-hmm. and feeling like you were mentioning something about some of the women you were speaking with mm-hmm. in these gatherings and feeling like they're never really, uh, you know, belonging to a place yeah. because you've chosen to leave the place that you are of, but then you're still kind of on the outside. And I just think in, in relation to conversations about kind of figuring out a new sense of home or like if there's anything that you have been feeling about mm. that. Yeah, uh, that gathering was tough because after they said that, I was like, okay, I'll never find home again. Mm. And it was like, it took me a week to like get back to them and understand like, Every gathering is being like kind of strong because it's also my life and what I'm living, tr- what I'm going through now. But one beautiful thing one of them said too when we were talking about what home means to you, um, she, sh- 
she moved a lot through her life. Um, she moved to the U.S. when she was 14. Mm -hmm. and, um, and she was like, for me, home has always been people. Mm -hmm. Like the people around me that supported me. And um, was, uh, I don't know, I'm feeling this is what is more like on my epidermical <laughs> tissue right now. <laughs> like, like who, like how to build that again, mm -hmm. because this is what I lost. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I have some in my sweet case. <laughs> uh, but somehow it's like rebuilding that um, home that is made out of people. Yeah, which is already, I mean, it seems like that is building yeah yeah step by step yeah trusting in that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah. the notion of acalanto mm. which is the last song that we'll play yes. to close out um our conversation but yeah um, i was asking bell what that meant which i think is a difficult a difficult brazilian term to translate yeah um there is a lot of words that is hard to translate <laughs> i realized <laughs> Um, because they mean a lot of different things, um, like in English sometimes too. But Akalento, the direct translation, I think it's like the song you s you sing to a baby for it to. Oh, like a lullaby. Yeah, huh. there is something about that. Mm. But I think we don't use it like that. It was just the dictionary that told me mm. that. Um, but it could like you can have a feeling of that, and but it's also for me. It's related to shelter, mm -hmm. like the idea of like finding comfort and um, or being comforted by someone or by something. Mm. Like a new, yeah, like a new sense of comfort or home, mm. maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or non-traditional. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that is a probably a perfect note mm -hmm. to close out on. Um, yeah. So, Belle, thank you so much mm. for spending a few hours, almost, talking. Thank you. Yeah. Thank and you for having me. I, I wanted to note to all of you out there in the wide world that at, at some point, once I have the, on the audio, we'll add this to the, the podcast archive for Shelter. Mm -hmm. So you can listen again. You can share far and wide, near and far. <laughs> and um, there's a, also an archive of uh, interviews from the past that you can find on iTunes if you look up Shelter, or you can find it on my website, which is erinsweeneystudio.com slash shelter. And um, there's just, uh, you know, a growing archive of these conversations that are revolving around different ideas related to home and refuge and how we build the places that we <laughs> inhabit and um, consider the places we come from. So thank you for joining us. And we will close out here with this last song with the title. Akalento, hard to translate. <laughs> but thank you, Luigi, for giving us Akalento. Mm. How do you say thank you in Portuguese? Obrigado. So it's a tricky word because it's gender oriented. So if you're a woman, you say obrigada. Obrigada. And if you're a man, obrigado. Obrigada. 
Obrigada, Erin. Erin. Obrigada, Bel. <laughs> Signing off from Montez Press Radio, Canal Street, New York City. Mesmo sem saber 